0: Comments made on the Saratalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Saratek Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Hey, this is Bill. Welcome to this week's episode of Real World Fitness. Hope everybody out there is doing real well. Well, it's a gloomy, stormy day here in South Florida. The summer rains have finally got to us after a long drought. And uh, so if you hear a little background noise, you might hear some thunder. It's a Thursday morning while I'm recording this, and we're hearing noises about getting uh, a little bit of rain, a little bit of a storm on Monday or Tuesday, this Hurricane Erica that's out in the middle of nowhere. Not worried about it. It could turn about 100 times between now and Tuesday. We'll see what happens. So, if for some reason there's no show next week, it's because I was in a hurricane and wasn't able to record it for you guys. Got a great guest this week, He um, somebody I really enjoyed talking with, and he's one of those people that I just know that if he wasn't a couple thousand miles away, he'd be somebody I'd hang out with. His name is Mike Brown, he lives in Salt Lake City, and he is one of uh, that intentional community that Dan John talks about all the time, he's part of Dan's community. Lucky guy gets to work with Dan and Mark Halpern and some other people on a regular basis, and I envy them. Happy for them, but of course I envy them. He's also uh, the uh, co-founder of Find Time for Health with Mark Halpern who we had on a couple weeks ago. Really cool practical approach website. Their, their approach is the same as mine. It's, it's the real world practical approach to nutrition and to fitness. And I really like what they're doing. Mike is a uh, program analyst, so to speak, a fitness program analyst, and he's he's the only person I know other than myself that'll look at programs and study them and go, okay, this looks just like, and then maybe reference some old bodybuilding or strength magazine or publication from the 40s and 50s, and you can see where the roots of new things are, and he's like me. He laughs at some of the uh gurus out there that come out with their new revolutionary training program and you you look at it for five minutes and go, I know what that is. So-and-so created that and I saw that in an issue of strength and health back in the 50s. It's just got a new name on it. So don't know if you guys will enjoy the interview, but Mike and I had a great time talking and I hope you guys get into it. We'll get to that in just a little bit. got a really cool announcement I want to share with everybody. As everyone knows, I do a regular three mornings a week uh, workout class on the blindcafe.net. And uh, all of our regulars in the class, a handful of people that are always there, we had a lot of people that appear and disappear, and we've got a nice little core group of uh, about seven or eight people that are always there. And we were talking one day about wanting to meet since we're... From all over the country. We've got people from Canada, people from New York, people from Pennsylvania, people from Kansas. At the moment, nobody from out of the country other than Canada. We had a girl that was in Croatia and a young guy that was in South Africa at one point, but they disappeared. But everyone was talking about how cool it would be to actually meet. and We started talking about doing a cruise. And there was a lot of enthusiasm about the idea, and everyone knows that I used to be in the travel business, used to sell cruises, and also that I've taken about 50 cruises. I love doing them. So I started doing a little research, and I found a really awesome deal, and we've got it set up, and a couple people have already booked, including myself. So I'm going to just give you the highlights of it, and if you're interested, you know how to get in touch with me. The show notes right there have my email and everything else. If you're interested, get in touch with me and I'll give you all the details. It's going to be on the Celebrity Infinity, my personal favorite cruise line. The Infinity is a real cool ship. It's not a huge ship. It's not like the Royal Caribbean ships that are kind of overwhelming. The cool, th- One of the cool things about it is it's got a real easy layout and uh, you won't get lost. I can promise you that. Also... Those of you that do tend to get a little lost in an unfamiliar surroundings, celebrity staff are awesome about being helpful. I've found that I can't go uh, 10 feet on a celebrity ship if I'm walking around by myself with my cane and can't go 10, 15 feet without some staff member saying, you know, do you need some assistance, sir? And it's just really nice. So the details, October 23rd of next year. Given everybody lots of time to make their plans. If you don't live locally, arrange the flights, save your pennies so you can take the trip. It's a four-night Caribbean cruise out of Fort Lauderdale on the Celebrity Infinity, October 23rd of 2016. We're talking about it over a year in advance just because we've got some really great prices locked in, and it's a good idea to Plan ahead so you can make sure you get a good deal on airfare if you have to fly in and also so you can select a good located cabin. Those of you that cruise know what I'm talking about. You got your spot where you want to be and there's definitely spots you don't want to be. And anyone that's never cruised before, get in touch with me and I'll tell you where you do or don't want to be on a cruise ship. Little things like you don't want to be all the way up front. You don't really want a cabin that's like right above a bar, or right below the pool deck, little things like that, that some people just don't realize. So I know there's a few listeners that are here in Florida, my buddy Ron up in uh, Port St. Lucie. I would hope you'd come down and, and join us and some other people. And so that's October 23rd, 2016. It's only a hundred bucks a person to deposit it and lock in a cabin at the prices we've got. And as I said, I'm not actually booking this. I don't do this anymore, but I got with one of the uh, people in my old office that I really trust and have a lot of respect for, and she and I are going to work together to put it all together. So if you get in touch with me at Fitness at gmail.com, I will forward you all the pertinent details, including her contact info, and really hope you join us. The more people on the trip, the more fun we're going to have. Now. Yeah. Before we get to this week's interview, got to pay the bills, audiblepodcast.com slash Saratalk. Go there, sign up for that free one-month trial, get your one free download of an Audible book. And I got to say thank you to some of you, maybe several of you out there who have actually listened and done so. Because i got to figure they wouldn't still be my sponsor if people were not responding to this. So uh, thanks very much. And for those of you that haven't done it yet, it's an awesome deal. I mean, you know, Audible Books, 20, 30 bucks a piece. So you get one absolutely free. And there's no obligation to continue. They got thousands of thousands of books, fiction, nonfiction, all the famous authors, some obscure authors, one of the cool things, and I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again because I really do like this, especially in the nonfiction, a lot of times you'll have authors who will narrate their own books, which is, which is awesome to me because you can hear them put the emphasis and share where they feel things are important. You can hear by their voice where it's, this is just, you got to get through this and the parts they're excited about are that they feel are important. Classic example is Fat Loss Happens on Monday by Josh Hillis and Dan John. You know, they alternate chapters, and they alternate in reading the chapters that they wrote. And uh, Josh is just this unbelievably enthusiastic guy, and it just carries through in his reading. And Dan is very mellow and very laid back, and I enjoy listening to Dan. Dan kind of reminds me of uh, grandpa reading to his kids. Sorry about that, Dan. We're basically the same age, and yeah, I'm a grandpa, so so that's audiblepodcast.com. And since I mentioned it, if you're looking for a really good nutrition slash fat loss book, Fat Loss Happens on Monday by my friends Josh Hillis and Dan John. And now to this week's interview. And my guest this week, uh, we had his partner in crime on their website, Find time for health on a few weeks ago. Uh, program guru, personal trainer, and another Dan John protege. My guest today, Mike Brown.
1: Thanks for having me on, Bill.
0: It is a pleasure. And just because you mentioned it a second ago, can you tell our listeners exactly where you are while re- we are recording this interview?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually in Dan John's basement right now. Uh, we just got finished with a Our 9.30 workout, we do every morning, and then we go out to lunch. So we actually just got back from uh, early lunch, and now I'm down in his basement. (laughs) So he might make a special appearance.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll all keep our fingers crossed. And if Dan doesn't do it, maybe his dog will wander in as he's done in the past. Yeah,
1: sure. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. As everyone can see, we like to do things very formal around here. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, you know. The website is brand new. It's only been up for a couple weeks. And I really, really like the approach. It's very much the kind of same thing that I'm trying to do is deal with the real world and people's real lives. And uh what brought about the creation of uh the website and you and Mark?
1: Uh so the website really came about just, just like you said, we'd Mark had spent about twelve years doing personal training and Kind of getting a variety of clients, um, but mostly fat loss. And I had started out uh, mostly working with high school athletes and then kind of moved into that fat loss training. And both of us kind of realized that the clients we really liked to work with weren't the ones that wanted, you know, wanted to get their 12 pack or purely aesthetic goals. It was the ones that, you know, just wanted to be able to go out and actually be able to play 18 holes or, you know, tie their shoes. Without their back hurting, just day-to-day stuff, just quality of life stuff. Those were the clients we really enjoyed working with. So that gave us the idea of shifting away from kind of a you know aesthetics, traditional fitness information approach, and kind of try to get some information going. But just you know, had a had a nine-to-five, had a real life, um, kids, and get some information for them where they weren't going to have to spend you know four hours a day in the gym to try to try to get their fitness goals accomplished so that was really the start of that and we just wanted some you know a little bit broader reach We're we're both personal trainers and we wanted to kind of get on the internet and and get our get our message spread a little bit wider
0: well that's that's a good thing because there's way more people out there that want to play with their kids and play 18 holes and not totally be blown up than there are who you know Wanna be able to walk on the beach in a thong and have the twelve pack and eight percent body fat or whatever. I mean, that's great when you're twenty and you got all the time in the world and that doesn't apply to yeah. the majority of us.
1: And you know, and, and the big the big thing was we would go to fitness conferences and things like that and we were kinda of realizing it was the same information being spread around the same people and we were we were kind of thinking, Well who you know, who's going to the roofing roofers convention works or uh, conference who's going and actually trying to spread information to real people, not just the kind of the fit fitness hobbyist or, you know, people that really passionate about fitness, but, you know, are kind of same information was kind of getting passed around. And so that was, that was kind of what got us excited as well.
0: So you basically you're trying to reach more people and that's a good thing because there's so much crap information out there that people buy into that good basic common sense stuff even like dan has said the common sense stuff doesn't sell because it's not sexy it's too simple
1: right right telling someone that they can lose some weight by drinking water and and going for walks that's uh yeah it's tough to ask for a check after giving that advice but you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's but it's it's the best advice you could give them i know let's backtrack a little bit and you said you're your thing was working with uh, high school athletes, So were you like a uh, high school strength coach or um, let's, let's get into your history and your training and how you got into training and all that kind of thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I actually, I started out as a high school lacrosse coach and it's kind of a funny story. I was, I was playing my senior year and one of the coaches came up to me and said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to help out coaching the JV? So I would actually play in my games and then the junior varsity would, play after us. (laughs) So I'd go, I'd play a game and then go coach a game after that. So that was kind of my, my start into coaching and then started doing strength and conditioning for the lacrosse teams uh, all through college. I graduated from, from the university of Utah. And then I was reading a forward to uh, Pavel's enter the kettlebell book and Dan had written the forward and I saw, Oh, this guy lives, you know, this guy lives 10 minutes away from me. So I just sent him off an email, said, you do internships at, he was working at a Juan Diego high school at the time and said, he said, yeah, come on down Monday. So that was my rigorous, you know, my rigorous application process to get an internship with Dan John (laughs) came down, uh, first day, you know, got right into it. And so that was about, uh, 2009. And kind of just just hung around with him ever since stuck with training high school kids for a couple years and then recently I've transitioned into working with kind of the aging population I'm at a gym called age performance which is 50 and above and just really enjoyed kind of working with that um, I don't know I guess I guess you could say neglected population it isn't for whatever reason you know it isn't getting pushed at these big conferences like perform better and but I mean, huge market, great to work with, and just a lot of fun. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And then Mark and I had been working over there for the last year or so. So that's where I'm at now.
0: I, I want to interject something just because what you just said is so true. And I'm I recently picked up a client, an 83 year old woman who is a uh, right longtime family friend. She's my attorney's mother, actually. And she had fallen and broken her pelvis, and they've gone through all the PT, and she's been released. But her daughter said, I want, I want to do something to keep her strong and, and get her healthier. And, and you know, she asked me for advice, and I said, well, I'd love to work with her. And she said, well, hemmed and hawed. And I said, what, you don't trust me? You've known me my whole life. No, no, no. So I started, and it is so much fun working with this woman. She's 83. She's all hunched over. We've done about six sessions, and yesterday when I got to her house, she said, I want to show you. I can get out of the chair myself without using my hands.
1: She was like
0: a little kid. She was so excited Mm -hmm. (laughs) that she could get up, and I said, show me. And she did it, and I said, great, now hold my hands and give me five reps. And I told her the next step, I said, you know when we're going to be done? And I laid down on the floor, and I got back up, and I said, when you can do that, we're done. And she just said, oh, oh my, I don't know if I can do that because she had fallen. It was the classic commercial. She had fallen and she couldn't get up. So the goal is to get her from flat on her back to standing on her feet without any help. And I'm having more fun with her than just about anyone I've trained in years.
1: Yeah. I mean, people don't, people don't realize how yeah, I mean, it is It is fun. And like you said, I mean, you you constantly are hearing these stories. I had one client who she was able to get rid of um, a bunch of her assistance bar things in her house for just walking mm-hmm. around. Um, you know, just these little things of just quality of life is improving so much. And just to see their faces light up, I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's interesting. I mean, training an athlete and training the aging population is really not – not that much different. You know, less different than people would think. You know, you're still you're still building a base of of quality movement. You're still focusing on, you know, working out as a, a training session versus a come in and, and get smashed, you know, leave, leave barely able to walk. I mean, there's a lot of similarities between I saw between training high school athletes and this a little bit older population. I mean, a lot it's been a lot of fun.
0: Well, you're right in thinking about it as you're saying that it really isn't that different. You just maybe have a few more aches and pains and injuries to work around, but it's it's the enthusiasm is just huge. It's just like dealing with a kid,
1: yeah, and you're never gonna have a retention problem working with you know working with that client base. I mean, I have clients that haven't missed a session in you know over a year, <laughs> so. Something to think about for trainers that are, you know, working with high school athletes and stuff that you might lose a kid after a month. You know, if you want to, if you want long-term clientele, start thinking about the boomers and some of these older
0: populations. Well, like you say, with, with a kid, you've got attention span with somebody like this. They're happy that they're kind of reversing the aging process and they're feeling like, Oh, I haven't been able to do that in years. And if you give them something like that, they're going to be your best advertisement imaginable.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, Mark tells me you are the the program guru, the program researcher. So that's what
1: that's what they keep telling me. Sometimes they they even call me Rain Man. Uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but <laughs> I, yeah, Dan called me Rain Man, and it's like thanks. Uh, so not sure if it's a compliment, I think. but yeah, I think it's a compliment. So. <laughs> But yeah, that's programming and kind of the big picture of programming. You know, when I was working with high school athletes, it was a lot of them thought that, you know, an athletic career lasted six weeks. You get that a lot with fat loss clients as well. It's a six-week process. So I said, no, you know, an elite athlete, you're looking at 10, 20 years of, of daily work. So that's the aspect of program I really like is kind of this the big picture over the course of four years, eight years, things like that that's where my interest really lies with programming
0: well you know that kind of goes with one of the things mark kept saying is this sustainable for five years
1: five years right i love that i love that little mantra and it's true i mean you know there's training programs that i thought were awesome when i was in my you know early 20s still in high school or still in college and and now it's like whoo! i can't believe i was i was thinking i could do that day in and day out
0: well but isn't there still a place for those programs uh short term specialization kind of things
1: absolutely so i kind of like the i think it, marty gallagher had kind of a view i love on it is he said the perfect strength year would comprise of two 12 week really intense powerlifting cycles and then the rest of the year you're kind of you know doing more more high rep stuff a little bit bodybuilding you're bringing cardio in you're tightening your diet kind of healing up the joints and all that Tommy Kono same type of thing really you know really go after it when you're training for your Olympic lifting and then transition over into a little bit of bodybuilding just kind of feel good stuff so I think I think you probably have maybe two three tops times a year where you can really go after it in a hard program and then the rest of the time I think it's just that you know Dan Dan calls it is. You know, his, his park bench workouts where you're just coming in, putting in the work, not really with a big expectation of some endpoint, but you're coming in and just keeping that foundation nice and broad. So I definitely think there's a time for those really hard specialized programs, but you're talking, you know, two, three times a year tops, in my opinion.
0: Yep, that's that's like you said, Dan, with his bus bench workouts when you're killing yourself and the park bench workouts where you're just going in and enjoying it for the sake of doing it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're not enjoying it, it comes back to that sustainability thing. I mean, if you're doing really hard workouts, all the programs all the time and you're, you know, your joints are aching and you're just hating life, you're not going to get that, you know, can I do this in five years for five years thing going. So it's got to be an enjoyment aspect of it for sure.
0: I think it's got to be a mental thing as much as a physical thing, because I can get really focused for six, eight. 10 weeks. If I have like a deadline, okay, by my birthday, I'm going to put another 25 pounds on my squat. But if I just go, okay, you know, for the next year, I want to do this. It's like the next year is just way too far away to think about.
1: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Dan talks about programming. You know, we have all these assessments, this new book, Can You Go? And the point of those, of all the stuff we do is to find out, okay, what can we do for the next two weeks? So, we got a long term kind of umbrella over over everything, but really, we're what you know. What can we do for the next two
0: weeks? <laughs> so when he's talking about changing the program every two weeks, he's talking about subtle changes in the program. It's still the same program with within a certain format, but subtle changes, not drastic changes, right. changes in two weeks. Right.
1: Absolutely. So you you'd be thinking I, the the term he uses mostly is is course corrections. You know, mm-hmm. you're selling a ship. You're just making little course corrections. We're doing little reassessments. It's not like we're running through a a whole, a whole battery of tests every two weeks and basing our programming off that. It's really just, um, do we need to make a little tweak here and there? Maybe, maybe a change in exercise variation. Probably not even that. It's more of just a check in. Are we still on the path we need to be going? So two weeks, minimal little tweaks here and there, course corrections.
0: Yeah. Just maybe changing from sets of six to sets of eight or sets of tri- changing to triples or adjusting grips. Yeah, exactly. subtle, subtle changes.
1: Yeah, we might go from a uh, double kettlebell press to single clean and press. So a little subtle, you know, Pavels, same but different. Little <laughs> there subtle, you go. subtle changes.
0: Okay. You know, since we're talking about this, you're making me think about easy strength. And I I have the hardest time grasping, even though it's such a simple workout, (laughs) I have the hardest time grasping why it will work. Because I had asked Dan, I said, you know, I only train maybe three days a week. I've cut back. I feel better training only three days a week. Am I going to be able to do this five-day-a-week program? I'm 56 years old. you know. And he said, absolutely. And I stuck with it for four weeks, and I just couldn't squat every day. It just, right. I've got a hernia that was repaired a few years ago and I just, I couldn't squat every day, even though I was using, you know, 40 to 50% of my max squat.
1: Yeah, with I mean, with easy strength, and we've even done variations where, I mean, the recommendation is up to, you know, five days a week, but we've had plenty of athletes that will go on it three days a week. So variations that way aren't, aren't necessarily a bad thing. The key is with that program is really coming in and, uh, Kind of just grooving the movement over and over and over again without, you know, without having to have any real hard kind of get psyched out type workouts. So, you know, if you needed to make tweaks like that where it was down to three days a week, you know, there's plenty of people that are that are making that change.
0: Okay, that I could do.
1: Yeah. And it's an interesting program. I mean, like you said, it's so simple that everyone screws it up. I mean, I probably went through easy strength, you know, even being around Dan where I would go way too heavy on deadlifts way too often. And <laughs> so it's one of those funny programs where, you know, it's such a simple program, and Dan has probably written, you know, 50 pages on it <laughs> and gets asked questions about it every day. So,
0: I mean, you can almost hear the, fr- and Dan is like the king of patience from what I can tell, but you can almost hear the frustration in his writing on his website where he says, I don't know why people make this so complicated. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's between that and uh, the one lift a day program, because everyone wants to, you know, one lift a day program, but they want to add in two other lifts. So between those two, I'm sure those are the programs he gets the most questions on.
0: <laughs> well, on the one lift a day program, I'm going to ask you a question then, because is that including the warm up? Say my, say it's a pressing day. Do I just do nothing but start with warming up on the press or do I still throw in some swings and some mobility and everything to warm up?
1: Huh. Dan probably wouldn't mind if you were we do a lot of you know if you did a warm up of of turkish get ups and swings but again we're talking one day if you're if you're truly doing the one lift a day program you're going to come in and the idea is you know kind of that prisoner's dilemma if i if i could only do one thing today am i going to do a foam rolling warm up with swings and mobility or am i going to you know am i going to work on this press so with that program yeah you're going to come in and you're going to do you're going to warm up on you start warming up on the press and just Press until you don't want to press anymore. And then the next day you're gonna come in and you're gonna pull until you don't want to pull anymore. So that was kind of the gist of that. And I think that program had roots in old Olympic weightlifting type training. Um Marty Gallagher and Purposeful Primitive talked about kind of that five day rolling split where guys would come in and work on, you know, they would do a bunch of snatches one day and the next day it'd be a lot of clean and jerks, so deeply rooted in weightlifting and then but dan showed you know he's written about how you can adapt it for a power bodybuilder or an athlete or a powerlifter so really adaptable program and the key is just this is what i'm going to focus on today come in get the work done and get out
0: see that that makes perfect sense and i understood his frustration with all right i'm going to press and then maybe i'll throw in some buys no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about getting warmed up before i press or getting warmed up before i deadlift or squat Exactly. That makes that makes sense.
1: In the version he has, never let go. I mean, the first week you're coming in, he wants you to do seven sets of five. So, if you're truly, you know, do going hard after seven sets of five, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be doing any curls or (laughs) much of anything after that. After doing nope. that in the squat or some other big move. So, yeah, that was the idea is you pick a big move and just go after it.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes sense. That was where my question lied was just on the warm-up aspect because, like you say, if I'm going to squat and I'm going to be serious about squatting or pressing or any lift that I'm going to really put my all into, I'm not going to go, eh, let's do a few sets of curls. It's like more right. like let's <laughs> right. eat and go hit the shower. Where's the hot tub? Exactly. You know?
1: Yep, um, nap time, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that, exactly. that, oh, yeah, we got to get some protein in and then take the nap, let the protein digest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And it's interesting, you keep referencing to Dan, and Mark told me that Dan will bow to you on programming. He, he will go to you on that.
1: Well, maybe that just makes me the master thief if, you know, if he's coming to me for, Questions on his own programming philosophy. I don't know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think my strength lies. I just, you know, I, I, I guess what Dan likes is that I'll see the connections between a bunch of different. You know, I can I can go in and find kind of the commonalities between a lot of the big productive, time tested programs, and then also number crunching and stuff like that. Dan Dan hates that, so if you know if Pavel puts out a program that has kind of complicated progressions and whatnot, he'll say, he'll say, uh, <laughs> just tell me what to do. So <laughs> yeah. that's where I help out.
0: <laughs> he's he's tired of reading the 10,000 words Pavel will use to say what he could say in 50. Right. <laughs> well, isn't yep. that the basis of how they wrote the e- the book Easy Strength? I mean, that's a long book to say, do 10 reps five days a week.
1: <laughs> it is. I guess, yeah, I guess the more simple you try to make it, the harder it is to kind of explain that. Oh.
0: Well, it's so simple. Sometimes when something is as simple and it goes back to what you said about drink water and take a walk, uh, you got to drum it into people's head. If it's that simple, then now you got to explain why and in detail the the chemical breakdown and the, the everything to justify it. Because like you said, you can't ask them to pay you to say drink water.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, you know, with Dan's answer to justify it for me. I mean, he sees everything through the lens of Will this help me throw a discus farther, so his backing would be okay did did my discus did my throws go farther um, That's when it gets more complicated, kind of working with general population that that really needs help kind of hacking through all this extra mess and and just really getting down to the fine point because then you're thinking you know people get dazed and confused and are talking about you know so confused they can they can tell you the chemical breakdown of. Something but they couldn't tell you what a good breakfast looks like. You know, what does a solid breakfast look like? So kind of interesting how People move towards the complexity side when when that tough just hammering out the simple basics is really what gets you results And I think good coaches spend their entire careers kind of redirecting focus back to that simple hard approach
0: well that kinda of goes with we have the double edged sword of living in a time where there's tons of great information available, but there's also tons of bad information and almost too much great information. And Absolutely. it's it's the classic a little knowledge is dangerous. Instead of counting your your grams and your calories and your macros, I'm hungry, I'm craving meat, have a steak.
1: Right. It's that exactly. Simple-
0: I had a heavy workout, I'm craving protein now. Whatever it is, you just just do it instead of analyzing it to death.
1: That's the other thing, like you said, I mean, even with information overload, there's we're getting overloaded with great information as well. You know, should I, should I hop on and do a Dan program? Should I go grab a Pavel program? Oh, Jim through 531 is awesome. So there's all these really, really good programs. So you get, you know, people get bogged up in, in that as well. Um, I think Pavel had some of the best advice. He wrote an article about kind of looking at the old school Marty Gallagher style of powerlifting training and then what the Russians were doing. Mm-hmm. Russians were really high frequency, kind of similar to an easy strength approach where Marty Gallagher approach was come in, train a lift once a week and just absolutely annihilate it. And then Pavel's talking about oh well you know a beginner might come in and say what if i combine the really high intensity workouts of marty gallagher with you know the super high frequency of these russian guys and then of course everything falls apart so to having the courage to pick a system and stick with it for enough time for it to actually work you know i think it's it's a lot a lot easier said than done but that's a big recommendation i have a lot for you know, people are asking me about programming I'll say, all these programs are great. Why don't you pick one that really resonates with you and then spend three months to a year on it? And then you can really analyze it and break it down and talk about it. Doing six weeks on a Pavel program and then six weeks on Jim Wendler, you're just not going to have the time to kind of really grow into the system and get the results you want.
0: Reaching way back, and this goes in the direction, do you remember Vince Gironda? Yes, (laughs) Yeah, the Iron Guru, one of one of my personal bodybuilding uh, heroes, just because of his approach to things. He wrote, and I don't recall where, if he was going to try a new exercise or a new program, he would give it nine months to determine if it actually had any value. Yeah, so it took that long <laughs> for him to really know if he got anything out of it.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. Dan was saying that he was talking to, I can't remember who he was, he was a bodybuilding coach, and he was saying that a lot of these guys, it would take them, you know, 13 plus shows to figure out just to nail down salt and water intake and things like that. I mean, so (laughs) I think people underestimate the, the time it takes to really nail these things down. Yeah. Nine months on an exercise before you can have an opinion on it. That's, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Well, it shows some patience. Yep. <laughs> and I have what, what you're talking about with the contest prep thing. I'm sure that's true because I used to train guys and yeah, I used to run shows and when somebody thinks they've done everything right and they look flat as can be the day of the show and then they go out and have a pizza and three beers and the next morning their muscles are full and they're veiny and you know they <laughs> right. can win the show the next day it's, it's it is chemistry
1: <laughs> yep and then you go home and you gotta you know go back to your your journal and say okay well this has happened so for the next show you come in and and you use that piece of knowledge that you that you gathered, but <laughs> it takes time to to perfect it, just like in sports. I mean.
0: The only problem I have with journals is I think some people take too much time. I agree with journaling, keeping track, because the only way you're going to know if you're actually making progress is to look back. But I think some people like the over studying and over over interneting things. Will sit there and spend more time with their journal than they actually do with the workout.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're spending more time writing in your journal or more time foam rolling than you are lifting or more time something's going wrong, I think the the thing I love about journals is you can go back and kind of mine them for, for good and bad. Let's say, you know, you had a really good performance in some let's say a track and field meet, you can go back and say, okay, what have I been doing the last six months or whatever, and really mine what was working well. But, uh, if you're spending more time sitting there doing percentages in your journal, than just getting in and putting in the work,
0: you're kind of got that backwards. Yeah. It's about getting into the gym and picking something heavy up. <laughs> so where do we go from here? Are there any plans, you know, specifically regarding the website or other things that you've got going on or, uh,
1: we're really just trying to get a conversation going. We want to take time to kind of build up a, an audience, just get that conversation going through. Our, we have a Facebook group. So it's findtimeforhealth.com. And then our Facebook group is Practical Strength. That's our LLC. And just getting a lot of people on there, telling their story, talking about, you know, what are their challenges um, to getting, you know, just within their lifestyle I'm really getting that conversation going and then we'll start rolling out we're probably gonna go with more courses so it might be a six-month course that really helps you kind of lay a foundation to where you can be you can sustain your own workout you don't need you don't need one of us there with you all the time that kind of thing really take ownership of their health so that's the long-term goal of that build the audience and then get some courses going Um, I'll still be doing my work at at Age Performance day in day out. I love painting. I would never, you know, never take that as, that part of part of my life out. And then um, just as much kind of writing as I can do. Uh, Mark's writing for a couple different websites, and so we'll just try to spread information that way.
0: Yeah, I had no problem finding articles by Mark out there. I need to see more articles by you out there.
1: I know. I only got. I'm a little low on the count, but. But uh, I'm going to catch up to him. It's a
0: competition. Quality, now. Not, con- quality not quantity.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah.
0: All right. I'll put you on the spot. How about doing a guest blog post for me for my site? Happy to. Excellent. Anything you want to write about? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put him on the spot there. Okay, the one thing I, I I like the weekly newsletter a lot, the kind of review of other articles that are out there, I think that's great because right. it, it gives people that are less knowledgeable who might read an article and think, oh, wow, that's awesome. And then, you know, you guys go, not really. Right.
1: Yeah, Mark, I mean, that, that was Mark's idea is just kind of we could be the kind of the fitness insiders guys with no you know, no, no vested interest or anything. None of us, none of us work for supplement companies or anything like that. And we can just kind of say, Hey, here's, here's the week in review. Um, here's what popped up on some of the bigger, you know, yahoo.com and stuff. And we can kind of give it a little, either, "Eh, you might want to steer clear of this. I, I like to focus on, you know, here's a really good point here and there, and then kind of give some tips after it. But yeah, just, just helping out with that whole kind of dazed and confused, uh, kind of mindset that unfortunately people get in with the information overload type of thing
0: see i was sent by uh actually by by the guy that did my website for me he sent me uh something the other day and he said what do you think of this and it's some new company that's come out with clothing with resistance built into it yeah that was my that's reaction interesting. um <laughs> I deleted it already, otherwise I'd send it to you. It's, it's The idea is they're brief and their um, running shorts have resistance built into the fabric. So when you're running, it's going to increase the actual tension on your hamstrings. I guess it would feel like you're running in water. I don't, I don't know exactly.
1: I was going to say, you know, just go down to the swimming pool and run in water. Or just wear really tight jeans. That's what I do I, when I run. I just put on the tightest jeans I can. You can do that a little cheaper.
0: Yeah, they were talking about like 150 bucks for a pair of briefs that have this new revolutionary product.
1: I'll <laughs> <laughs> sign me up.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell, <laughs> I'll take one in each color, <laughs> no, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say run in the sand, run in the water, and then yeah, keep your money.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, and that's this is a perfect example of the people being overwhelmed with ridiculous stuff because. I work with uh, Joe, my, my web guy, a little bit long distance. And he's picked my brain on training, on nutrition, on a variety of things. And after a year and a half, I was surprised that he didn't look at it and go, God, that's stupid. I mean, that he actually right. sent it to me with, what do you think about this? Kind of disappointed me a little bit.
1: I know you're kind of, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> kind of that, yeah, you you've worked with someone and then. They bring you something that's like, oh, (laughs) I thought, yeah, I thought,
0: yeah. I thought I taught you better than that.
1: (laughs) I thought I taught you better than that, kid. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Okay, we've talked about the programs. We've talked about the website a little bit. We've talked a little about your background. Is there anything else you would like to talk about, Mike?
1: One topic that's really been interesting me lately is kind of, I mean, we've been talking about it in a way this whole time, but where, and this is more for, for coaches, but where are you going to get your information? Who are you learning from? I'm picky about who I'll take information from. And so Dan Dan really opened my eyes to kind of two different places you can, the, the two best places to go for information, and it was the really really elite so we're talking like elite athletes elite military and whatnot and then you know the really really sick so he he talks a lot about Watkins and delorme working with world war ii wounded vets and polio victims as a source of a lot of the really good information we have and then all the way on the other end of it you know these these elite guys and and he you know from his background he'll talk about tommy kono Um, people like that. So that, that type of topic is really interesting to me is, is like, who are we going to for, for our information these days with these new coaches springing up myself included all over the place? Where are we really going to draw our information? So I don't know if that's something you've ever, if you've been thinking about recently, but something that's been fascinating me.
0: Well, it always entertains me. When I've, you know, I'm on, I don't know how many people's email list, just, you know, to see what they're coming up with and what they're selling. And it always entertains me when one of the like bodybuilding hypertrophy guys whose list I'm on talks about these revolutionary new principles. And after I read it, I go, read that in a 1940s Weeder magazine, but it's revolutionary (laughs) and new.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's the other big thing I've been, I've been really um digging into is i i just recently wrote an article for uh breaking muscle talking about dan's coaching lineage and i mean how it goes back decades and decades and decades and um kind of the concept also of like nfl coaching trees you know you 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 go look up an uh any nfl head coach and you'll just see these huge coaching trees massive lineages going going all the way back to the beginning so it's like you know i'm really interested in and seeing just the amount of time it really takes to develop a, a very sound training philosophy these deep deep roots and like you said you know something will come out so I want to be talking about this new this new training method and it's like well I got a strength and health that that has that the exact thing and there was probably something before that and before that so I love looking at these kind of the lineages of coaching and and training
0: and I think the rule there has to be: if you're reading it, and someone says this is their concept that they thought up, right. walk away. <laughs> walk away. Exactly. You know, Dan is constantly talking about what's his name, uh, Not Meyer, his 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 first coach. You know, Dan exactly, is constantly yep. giving Dick, credit yep. to, yeah, constantly giving credit to the people that mentored and tutored and showed him the way. And you're not going to get better than Dan. And, you know, if he's given everyone credit, then oh, uh, Joe, whoever up in Canada who's a fitness model talking about and I'll give you I, I'm going to give you the name of this concept and I want to see if you can guess what it actually is. Hypertrophy, <laughs> Max Hypertrophy Clusters.
1: That sounds I don't know. I mean you're getting rest pause, you're getting all sorts
0: that's of things. That's exactly going back. what it was. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what yeah. it was. I read the information and went that's rest pause. Perry Rader just turned over in his grave. But
1: right. this guy <laughs> up
0: in Canada, this fitness model created this.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think I think you have a really good point on that. If you've got a coach that isn't, you know, kind of constantly acknowledging or talking about the lessons that have been passed down, you might want to look somewhere else. Um, you know, the best, the best of the best, the, the Wendlers and Marty Gallaghers and Pavel, I mean, they are constantly talking about lessons from their mentors and, and then their mentors' mentors. So that's a big thing for me is kind of looking at the history of your system and, and making sure it has those deep roots. If not, look for someone else they are out there.
0: <laughs> I'm curious, though, since you mentioned these guys, has Pavel ever given credit to anyone who's not a former Soviet?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean he loves Marty Gallagher. <laughs> we can keep going. Okay. Um yeah.
0: And he he still
1: credits uh Steve Maxwell with bringing the Turkish getup to a system, so he does get okay. credit, but yeah, he loves he loves his Soviets.
0: <laughs> he loves to quote Russian experts always. Exactly. I, I think if exactly. you were to at, question him, he'd say Marty Gallagher is an honorary Soviet.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, and he he earned his yeah, Marty earned his his spot there for sure. That's
0: the one, that's the one guy I really want to interview and I can't figure out how to get a hold of him.
1: (laughs) I don't know how to help you there. Send Dan an email. He might, he might have some help. Dan actually,
0: I mentioned it to Dan and Dan actually sent me an email, CC'd me in an email to Marty saying, Marty, this is Bill. He wants to interview you. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) you know, what else can he do? What else can he do? I was almost right. tempted to spend the money to go to the uh, the Dragon Door event that's, I guess, next week or the week after because uh, Marty is presenting there, but not in my budget just to get an interview.
1: Right. <laughs> when you're up to your, your uh, 350th interview, then you'll it'll be in the budget.
0: When I'm up to my 350th interview, I'll probably be presenting
1: something. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Out of curiosity, since I brought up Dragon Door and RKC, what made you go SFG instead of RKC?
1: So I actually, I had, an R, uh, I had my RKC before. And then when um, SFG came around, I was, I was past, I let it expire. No, no real reason. I just, it just happened. And then Dan, Dan went over with SFG and there was a bunch of guys that wanted to train for it. And there was one in Salt Lake City. So trained for it and went and got that. That's, that's about as deep as, as my reasoning went for that. Seemed like it was something there. fun to train for. Yep.
0: <laughs> it was there. Seemed in my
1: backyard. <laughs> yep. That's, that was pretty much the, the whole story on that.
0: Well, that kind of that goes along with, I can't remember where I read it. I think it might have been on, uh, on the Dave Draper website, on Dan's column on there, how he discovered he was an SFG master instructor. He didn't even know he was, but Pavel decided he was. <laughs> oh, A nice surprise, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. I thought that was, was hilarious when I read that. But then the thing I see, and this kind of shows Dan's level, and I'm sorry out there, and I'm sorry to you, Mike, if we've turned this into the Dan John show. That wasn't the intent, but... I, <laughs> no worries. I find it interesting that, like, you know, when Dragon Door comes out with a new publication and they'll post all these reviews by industry authorities in spite of the fact that Dan is an a, an SFG guy, you know, they have no problem with posting a review by Dan still on Dragon Door. So I guess his name carries enough weight that it transcends.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, you know, you got these guys that that with that much industry respect I and mean, it transcends, yep.
0: Yeah, you know, it it's you are so fortunate and just I mean, to be a part of this little community there where you just you and Mark, and I know Mark's in Vegas now, but you and whoever else happens to show up to just to be a part of this thing and absorb everything that you are a part of. It's truly yeah, exactly. a really amazing gift.
1: Yep. And that's, you know, definitely extremely fortunate for it. And my, you know, my personal goal is to keep, you know, to keep the lessons that Dick Notmeyer and Ralph Moan passed on to Dan and what Dan's passed on to me to to really keep those going so that's that's kind of the ultimate goal and I think with most of the people in our training group it's the same way I mean we get a lot of a lot of interns coming over from the university and things like that and you know I just love to see see the lessons kind of kind of getting passed on and spread wider
0: you know it's it's I mentioned Dan's name probably ad nauseum To to people, so, you know, it's like I learned this from, and I've been, you know, I've been training for over 40 years, and I think I've learned more in the last maybe three years since uh, I started really getting into strength and conditioning and discovered Dan and Pavel and everything, because, you know, I'd done basically bodybuilding training for the majority of it and kind of was done learning. There's nothing new. (laughs) and Right, (laughs) right. You know, it it, it started with uh, with Brooks Cubic and his dinosaur training thing, and I went, "Oh, wow, I am going to start training heavy again. I am not too old. Cool." And right.
1: then I discovered
0: Dan, and you know, then you know, guys like Steve Maxwell, and it it's totally it's it's at fifty six and forty years of training. I feel like I am eighteen and just starting again sometimes.
1: Right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then that's the other awesome benefit of, you know, Dan calls it the intentional community. We get together every day at 930. Anyone's invited and we get, you know, we get all these different perspectives and backgrounds kind of bouncing information off each other. So Mm -hmm. that is, you know, it's almost as a a benefit to everyone because that's how we continue our learning. You know, we got guys that are going in their PhD programs that are bringing a really, you know, research-based background, and then we got Dan coming in with long athletic career, uh, theology major, this background. And then we got Mark coming in with his nutrition background. So that's that's really the benefit of these these intentional communities to say, hey, you know, let's get everyone together and, and train, have fun, and bounce ideas off each other. It's like your, your 930, I noticed you had your 930, go ahead, hop in, you're welcome to come. I love those kind of community you know, show up, let's train, let's get together and talk
0: type of things. Oh, you mean by my, my little online class that I do? Yeah. Exactly, and I, exactly. No, it's, it's it is, it's It's a nice thing. And I, I truly, you know, I train by myself at home most of the time. And I, I wish I was in an environment where I could add people to it. Because there are mornings that I go out there and go, uh, man, I wish I had somebody here to yell at me today.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's the big benefit. I was, you know, I, I trained alone most of my, you know, most early through, through high school and college and you know, the older I get, I still love it, but there's those days where I don't want to, <laughs> I have a zero desire to get out of bed and go train. But I know there's five, 10 people waiting for me and they're going to give me a bunch of crap and wonder where I was. So keep, See, that's, that's, keep each other going.
0: <laughs> that's, that's an awesome thing in itself. And like you say, most everyone went there to work with Dan, but you've got people, everybody has their, what's this thing in his book, stone soup. Everybody's got their contributions. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Everyone's bringing something in. We're going, Oh, that's a great idea. And then if, uh, let's say someone walks in the gym and they're like, I want to do a Olympic weightlifting meet coming up soon. Then we'll all start kind of training for that. And supporting that way so it's a lot of fun but yeah the the stone soup analogy is is great
0: it really is does he sit up at night thinking up these little names like the prisoner's dilemma and the stone or does he have a ghost writer
1: uh, yeah i don't i have no idea <laughs> if he has a ghost writer, it's not me so
0: <laughs> frankenstein fats and cardboard carbs yep it's like this is this is some cool stuff where do he get these titles you could just go down to a used
1: bookstore and uh you know, everything everything old is new again, so who knows?
0: <laughs> it definitely is. There's only so many... It, it's it's like when I talk to people about music, there are 12 notes in a scale. That's it. There's, you know, endless combinations, but there's still only 12 notes, and, you know, you pick up a barbell, you pick up a dumbbell, you pick up a kettlebell.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, Rolling Stones, what, did they ever play a song that wasn't just three chords? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they might have, but hey what they did with those three chords see people spend too much time and we've said this several times already in this interview people spend too much time trying to find something new when proven and tried and true is just right there in your face
1: yep it's you know following picking a goal and following a path that's already there is you know someone's already done it so why try to try to forge your own path just Pick up on a path, find what's useful, tweak it to your needs, and you're good to
0: go. It's really that that simple. Figure out where you want to go, look at who's already gotten there, and look at how long they've been around, because there's lots of gurus that come and go, and there's a handful of guys that have been around since the beginning of time.
1: Yep, exactly. So that comes back to that, yep, big big picture thing, you know. Yep. Yeah. This is awesome. This is awesome training for a year. Come talk to me, you know, start a year too. So,
0: mm-hmm. and we're kind of recircling here and, and just beating the same point to death. I think we've covered everything. <laughs> Perfect. And we could probably sit here and talk for another hour and then everyone listening will be bored to tears and we'll be perfectly content.
1: <laughs> yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah.
0: So any final thoughts, my friend? I think we've about covered it.
1: I think we've, if we haven't gotten our the points we wanted across then (laughs) yeah they're just
0: not listening
1: just just out of luck yeah
0: (laughs) yep all right this is bill we've been talking with my new buddy mike mike brown from fine time for health check out his website the link's on the page and if you're in the uh salt lake area and you want to Little advice, little training advice. Want some a taste of something new? Give him a call, shoot him an email, or if you're in the Vegas area, his his partner Mark Halpern has recently moved to Vegas, and I'm willing to bet he's working on starting his own intentional community. Yep. And uh, which means next time I go to Vegas, I'm going to have to email Mark and say, "Where are you? I want to come train with you." My wife will love that
1: perfect
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay we've been talking with mike this is real world fitness i'm your host bill saying everybody have a fantastic week we'll be back next week hope everybody has an awesome week we'll be back talk to you soon real world fitness is a production of the serotalk podcast network in cooperation with KosiabaFitness.com. All questions, comments, and feedback should be submitted to resources at serotalk.com. If you're listening on a mobile device, use your iBlink radio app to submit an iReport. Promotional consideration paid for by audible.com.